الحمد لله الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على سيدنا ومولانا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين أما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم لقد كان لكم في رسول الله أسوة حسنة لمن كان يرجو الله واليوم الآخر وذكر الله كثيرا وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم خيركم خيركم لأهله وأنا خيركم لأهلي أو كما قال عليه الصلاة والسلام صدق الله صدق الله مولانا العظيم وصدق رسوله النبي الحبيب الكريم ونحن على ذلك من الشاهدين والشاكرين والحمد لله رب العالمين يا رب صل وسلم دائما أبدا على حبيبك خير الخلق كلهم جزا الله عنا نبينا محمدا صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو أهله One of the beauties of our deen is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has blessed us with a deen which is practical. With a deen which gives us guidance in every aspect of our life. And not only did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us a code of conduct or a set of rules, rather together with that, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent down a practical and a living example for us in the form of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Qur'an Majid, لَقَدْ كَانَ لَكُمْ فِي رَسُولِ اللَّهِ أُسْوَةٌ حَسَنًا That in the life and personality of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, there is a beautiful example for you. There is an excellent example for you. So not, just, not that Nabi Wasallam was an example alone, but he was the most perfect and the most beautiful example for us. So in any aspect of our life, we have the laws of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and then we have the beautiful example of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Then further on, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was a human being. He was not an angel. If he was an angel, he would not have had the desires that we as human beings have. He would not have had the challenges that we have. So he was a human being. So he lived a normal life in this world. He conducted business. He married. He had needs. He ate. And the various needs of a human being, Rasulullah had the same needs. And in all of this, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam gave us that beautiful example. And in every aspect of your life, how should you be conducting yourself? Inshallah, in today's talk and next week, the speaker that we'll be discussing next week, the same topic will be continued. And that is one angle of the life of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And that is... The angle of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam being a husband. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam himself mentions in a hadith, خَيْرُكُمْ خَيْرُكُمْ لِأَهْلِهِ The best of you is the one who is best to his wife. The one who is best to his wife is the best. We may have other gauges or other criterions of excellence, of someone being good. But Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is giving us a criteria. That if you're looking for a criteria of excellence, of perfection, 
then this is the criteria, that the one who is best to his family, he is the best. And then Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam went on, despite Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam being the epitome of humility, despite him being covered with humility from head to toe, and unnecessarily he will not sing his own praises, but as a lesson for the ummah, as a lesson for his lovers, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, وَأَنَا خَيْرُكُمْ لِأَهْلِي From all of you, I am the one who treats my wives the best. So this was as a lesson, as, this was mentioned as a lesson for the ummah, that you should also be following my example in this aspect of your life. Like how in other aspects of your life you followed my example, or you ought to be following my example, then in this aspect of your life as well, you should be following my example, the example of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam in being the best husband. There are many examples from the, from the life of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, various incidents that had transpired in his interaction with his azwaj mutahharat, with his pure and respected wives. We will try and discuss a few examples, so that if we face some type of similar situation, then we understand that this is how we should be conducting ourselves. This is how our beloved Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam conducted himself, and we should be following his example, and his beautiful example in this, in this aspect as well. Before we go on, when these aspects are generally discussed, the aspect of being a good husband, showing good akhlaq to the wife, etc., then immediately we come to our defense. And we already put up some type of defense for ourselves. And what we will say, yeah, but no one knows what I'm going through at home. This Morana doesn't know about what kind of a fro I got. She's a different kind altogether. I can't apply these things, it's not going to work. You know, it takes two hands to clap. If I try to clap with one hand, I will end up slapping her. So this is the defense that we put up. We put up this defense that this doesn't apply to me. Let us understand that we are half the problem and half the solution, if not more. We are half the problem. If she's half the problem, and that is supposedly she's half the problem. She may be only 10% of the problem also. But nevertheless, even if she's half the problem, we are also the other half of the problem and we are half the solution. So if we have to adopt this Mubarak way of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, inshallah it will make a world of a difference. And this is the directive that Allah gives us in the Qur'an Sharif. Allah gives us a very important principle with, which relates to every type of relationship of ours. Every interaction. Normally we are very quick to say, but that person is treating me in that way. And this is how he spoke to me. And that is how she behaved. So we're very quick to blame the other person that the relationship is strained, the relationship is affected because of the other party. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran Majid, Idfa' billatihi ahsan. That you should respond in a better manner. You should respond in a better manner to whom, whomsoever it may be. No matter how hostile that person may be to you you respond in a better manner. And what will happen? If you behave in that better manner, Allah is giving us the guarantee in Qur'an Sharif, فَإِذَا الَّذِي بَيْنَكَ وَبَيْنَهُ عَدَاوَةٌ كَأَنَّهُ وَلِيٌّ حَمِيمٌ That that person 
who had enmity towards you, that person will become like a bosom friend. This good akhlaq is such, showing people kindness is such, that it will force the other person to reciprocate also. Although it may take some time, maybe not immediately, but after some time that person will also come to his senses or to her senses and think that why am I being so, uh, so, uh, so unkind to this person? Why am I being so rude to this person? Look at how he is behaving to me. Shouldn't I also behave in a similar manner or at least in a decent manner? So this is an important principle when it comes to all interactions. And it also applies to our interaction in our homes, our interaction with our family and with our spouses. To move on with a few examples from the life of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, one sign of a good husband is that he understands his wife. He understands her challenges, he understands her moods, he understands what's worrying her. Unfortunately, today sometimes we are living so disconnected lives. Under one roof, we are so disconnected that we don't know what our spouse who's sleeping next to us in the same bed is going through. We don't know the whole night she never slept because there's something worrying her. We don't know about it. But we know what's happening in different parts of the world. We connected with the whole world but disconnected with the people that are living with us in the same home. We don't understand what's going on in their life. Sometimes it may be happening to us, we go to, the, we go to fill up fuel, and then we decided, let me be a good husband today. So I walk into the shop, and I want to buy a chocolate for my wife, but I don't know what chocolate she likes. I don't even know the chocolate my wife likes. So, am I connected to her? I mean, is this a happy relationship? Is this a good home? Where I don't know what are her likes, what are her dislikes, what annoys her? What frustrates her? What she's going through? Look at Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, that perfect example, the best husband, and how he understood his wife, how he understood her mood. On one occasion, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says to Sayyidah Aisha radiallahu anha, that I know when you're happy with me and when you're upset with me. I know when you're happy with me and when you're upset with me. He didn't say to her, why you upset with me? He didn't say, why are you upset with me? And let us understand, this is not the relationship of an ummati with a nabi. This is the relationship of a wife with a husband. The wife and husband relationship is different. No matter who the husband may be. The husband can be the greatest wali, the wife is still the wife. So, Rasulullah is saying to Sayyidina Aisha radiallahu anha, I know when you're happy and when you're upset. Which means he gave her the freedom to be upset with him for certain reasons that, are, that will happen in a marriage. And he did not reprimand her for being upset. You know, I'm the Nabi of Allah, you're going to be upset with me, you're going to ruin your dunya and akhirat. He didn't say all of that. He said that I know when you're happy with me and when you're upset with me. Now look at what a normal relationship they enjoyed as husband and wife. And then don't forget the age difference between the two. What a big age gap there was between the two of them. But Nabi Islam understood his wife. He gave her that freedom to be a normal wife. So she says, how you know? How you know? When I'm upset, when I'm angry, or when I'm happy. So Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam said, and this is the point for us to understand, that how well he understood his wife. He says to Sayyidah Aisha radiallahu anha, that when you're happy with me, 
And if you have to take an oath, then you will say, La wa Rabbi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. I'm taking an oath on the Rabb of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. You will use my name. But if you're not happy with me, then you will say, La wa Rabbi Ibrahim. I take an oath by the Rabb of Ibrahim alayhi salam. So the only thing she did was she changed the name of the Nabi. But he was so, he understood his wife so well. He was so sensitive to her feelings. He was so, uh, he was so alert that just by the change of the name, just by the change of the name, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa immediately understood there's a change in the mood. But on the side of Aisha radiallahu anha, obviously she was no ordinary woman. She was that woman who was chosen to be the beloved of, of Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. She says, yes, O Nabi of Allah, definitely that's the situation. You have understood me. You have read me correctly. But, la ahjuru illa smak. O Nabi of Allah, it's not that I have anger in my heart towards you. The only thing that I do is I leave out your name. I leave out your name. Some, some ulama have mentioned a very interesting point. And they say that she left out the name of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And she replaced it with the name of Ibrahim alayhi salam. She could have replaced it with the name of any other Nabi. There were so many Anbiya alayhi salatu wasalam. She could have replaced it with any other Nabi's name. But she replaced it with the name of Ibrahim alayhi salam. Because Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam enjoyed a very close connection with this Nabi, with Nabi Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam. He was from his forefathers, then the shariat and the deen of Rasulullah sallallahu is very similar to the deen of Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam. So Nabi sallallahu enjoyed a very close relationship with Ibrahim alayhi salatu wasalam. So she left out his name, she omitted his name, but she replaced it with the name of a Nabi that was very close to him. That I left out his name, but I won't go far away from him. I will still, still remain very close to him. So this was the way in which Rasulullah understood his wife, Sayyidina Aisha radiallahu anha. Now coming to the conduct of Rasulullah within the home, how will he conduct himself within the home? Today if someone has to ask about our conduct within the home, we don't want that question to be even asked. Because most of us have a split personality. Outside the home we have so much of akhlaq, so much of kindness, what a gentleman, what a good person he is. And as soon as we go in the home, it's a different story altogether. We used our smiling muscles so much outside the home. Sometimes with na-mahram woman, sometimes with some rep and some secretary, female rep and some secretary. And then we go in the home, those muscles are tired, only the frowning muscles are working at that time. It's a different situation in the home. When Rasulullah's wife, Sayyidina Aisha radiallahu was asked, كَيْفَ كَانَ خُلُقُ رَسُولِ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمُ What was the character? What was the conduct of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam? How did he conduct himself within the home? إِذَا خَلَى بَيْتِهِ When he was alone in the home. Outside the home we know his conduct. Within the home how did he conduct himself? The question was asked so that we can have an example before us. So that we can follow Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. When we know how he conducted himself within the home, then we can try and emulate him. Sayyidina Aisha radiallahu anha gave different Different answers. From among the answers that she had given, Alyanan nas wa akraman nas. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Was the most lenient of people. 
He was the most respectful of people. Kana rajulam min rijalikum. He conducted himself like an ordinary person in the home. He had no airs about himself. You know who I am. What status I hold in society. Sometimes we got a very big position in our company. A very big position in the business. And we expect the wife to respect us according to our titles also. I'm the CEO. I'm Mr. So and so. So in the home also she must call us Mr. That's a different relationship altogether. Kana rajulam min rijalikum. He conducted himself like an ordinary human being in the home. He con- conducted himself, Kana basharam min al-bashar. He was a normal person. There was no airs about himself. Yafli thawbahu. Nabi Islam would clean his own clothing. If there was a need to milk the sheep or the goat, he would milk the goat. He would do his own work. Yakunu fi mihnati ahlihi. He will help with the chores at home. How many of us, I can ask myself the question as well, how many of us will help in the chores in the home? But Nabi Islam, despite being Ashraful Makhluqat, despite being the paragon of Allah's creation, Rasulullah Islam was helping in the home. Rasulullah wasallam was assisting, he was doing his own work. And then she says, Kana dhahakan bassama. Nabi Islam was always smiling, always cheerful. Always smiling, always cheerful in the home. And what happens to us? Unfortunately, our homes have become like war zones. Our homes have become like battlefields. Where the children don't see any love anymore. There's no love between the, husband, between the father and mother. The only thing that our innocent children are exposed to are the bullets of vulgar language, the missiles of physical abuse, and the bombs of emotional trauma. This is what's going on in our home. Recently I was speaking to someone for some other issue and then just in passing, so casually, he's saying, my wife and I, we're fighting every day. As if fighting every day is normal in the home. This has become normal behavior. If we didn't fight one day, then we, what happened? Why we didn't fight today? Now imagine those children growing up and they're witnessing this on a daily basis. They grow up thinking that this is normal behavior. When they go into a marriage, then the same thing happens. They're fighting all the time. Many a times those children are scarred for life. Because they're growing up in the battlefield. They're scarred for life. There's emotional, uh, it, there's an emotional problem that they're going through. They can't manage. Teenagers are contemplating suicide. Why? Because we can't handle the way in, our, in which our father and mother are fighting. We can't handle it. We don't know what to do. We're seeing it happening. We're seeing the vulgar language. We're seeing the physical abuse. Let us understand, as much as that child may be our children, or my child, but that child also has the mother. And that mother has a special spot in the heart of that child. The father can never fill that space, can never fill that vacuum. The mother can only fill that vacuum. Sometimes we try to distance the child away from the mother. Whether the marriage is still continuing or the marriage has ended. But we try and divorce the child from the mother. Because the divorce has taken place, now we pull the child away from the mother. Let us understand that that vacuum can only be filled by the mother. And that child will grow up to have enmity towards us. That my father did this to me. My father distanced me from my mother. My father did this to my mother. Maybe at that, ch- at that age, the child is too young to say anything. The child can't stand on his own feet. 
when that child grows up, that child will always have enmity towards their father. How can my, fa- how can my father treat my mother in that way? So respected friends, there's a very, very big need for us to change our whole attitude, our whole conduct in our homes, our relationship with our families. Marital problems has become the scourge of society. Every second home is in turmoil. Ulama are tired of handling problems, inundated with problems. Every day, every second day, they're handling major, major issues. Small issues are like bread and butter nowadays. Major issues they're handling on a daily basis. Respected friends, the starting point is, the month of Rabiul Awal is coming. We will speak about Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, about different dimensions of his life. Let us understand that a very important dimension of the life of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam is this dimension of his life. The dimension of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi being the best husband. And inshallah, if we have to apply these guidelines of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi and this practical example of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi in our home, inshallah we will find a world of a difference in our homes. There has to be a starting point. Otherwise, if we continue in this way, respected friends, only Allah knows what will be the end result of our marriages. What will be the end result of our communities, let alone our marriages. It has a rippling effect. Let us understand, whatever problems we have in society, or many of the problems that we have in society, whether it's addiction, whether it's drug abuse, etc. Many of those things, the starting point is the home is not a stable home. There's turmoil in the home. There's no love in the home. The children are not witnessing love. They're not receiving, receiving love. And because of that, they're looking for attention elsewhere. And then they get involved in all these various types of vices. And we think, what is happening to our youth? What is happening in our society? Respected friends, we are largely responsible for the problems that are happening. And where it starts off, it starts off in the home. Let us adopt this example, this perfect example of Muhammad Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And inshallah we will find a world of a difference. Inshallah this topic will be continuing, continuing next week also. More example from the life of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala